Okay, I'm 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Hey, they got a win. It's going to be it's going to be a happy time. Michael Broadcorp is kind enough to join us. Of course, he is a podcaster, a political pundit, and our friend here, our Vikings expert. He's kind enough today to join us to talk about the Vikings victory at Carolina yesterday. Hi, Michael. How are you, my friend? Super Bowl, baby. Super Bowl. <laughs> We're going all the way. Wow. That's it. You heard it here first. You're invoking a Bears fan at this point. When all, and, but the, the sad part about Bears fan is like they get one play and they start screaming Super Bowl. Oh, God. It was a nice win. I'm going to say this. It was a nice win on the road. Carolina's not a great team, but they, they played them and they won at game as they should have. It was a seven-point game, or an eight-point game was the win. That was exactly what they needed to get kind of at least that first win on the belt, hopefully getting them some momentum heading into next Sunday versus Kansas City. Yes. Now, let me be serious with your listeners. Okay. Uh, I, I don't I mean, I don't have an expectation that they're Super Bowl-bound yet, but it is one win under our belt, uh, and it's a, it's all we needed. And hopefully it starts some, some momentum, but we do have – we do have a couple hurdles coming our way. We have the, uh, but let's talk about the Panthers. Let's let's focus on the good before we get to the uh, rough seas ahead. The okay, so let's talk about Kirk Cousins. And by the way, I'm just I've just let Brett know I'm going to get you one of these two. I found a T-shirt that says it's got a picture of uh, uh, you know Kirky Chains when he's uh, was shirtless with his chains on, and the the caption is when your cousin is hot. And I'm going to get that T-shirt for you, so you have it for you. <laughs> I will talk to you about getting a red size. I saw that. Um, Cousins, I'm not going to get too upset about the second interception. He got hit. The ball was a wobbler. That's a fine no. thing. That first one, what was he doing? He just, I mean, we all saw him just stare at where he was going to throw the ball. The guy that intercepted it and ran it back for 99 yards, he basically got a running start on that, and it was it was over. I mean, it was that was just such... It was it was early in the game. It was just such a bad pass, but yet it was once again that embodies you know Kirk has this bad habit of basically not utilizing all the weapons he has in the field and just picking one and that's the one he's going to throw to. Correct. If, if we want to be consistent, Matt, as we noted last week when I was on, you and I have never been NFL quarterbacks, nor have we played professional football. That being said, sitting at home, um, it was. Uh, if I didn't have my glasses on, I could have seen that play developing from my living room. And it's frustrating to me sometimes a little bit of Cousins' line of sight and how he sees the play develop. And so it was frustrating. It was a tough call. I mean, a tough play. He's not prone to that type of stuff. And what's, again, surprising is kind of a little bit of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde that seems to come out with, with Kirk Cousins. He's, he's either really hot or he's really cold. There's not a lot of in-between with Kirk Cousins. And mm-hmm. so what we've seen this season is these one-score games, these close games, where I think we got spoiled last year, we're just seeing the type of plays that didn't happen last year, the type of tips that didn't happen, happen, this more, happen more this season. And it's been difficult to watch. It's put a lot of, uh, it's put a lot of Vikings fans uh, a hearts through an extra workout for the game, but they got the win. Mm-hmm. And so I do think if they want to be a team, if this is a turnaround for the Vikings, and again, they're one and three, but we are Vikings fans, so we have to be optimistic. If this is a turnaround that they needed, when they have some of their opponents that are coming up uh, two out of the next three games, they really have to make sure that those self-inflicted mistakes don't happen like that. You cannot yeah. expect to win against the Chiefs, and you cannot expect to win against the 49ers. 
Um, I don't think you can arguably expect to win against the Bears, who are, I think, all, are, uh, at the with those type of plays. Yeah. And so the Vikings need to, to need to clean up their act real uh, quick. There, Cousins does. There were multiple plays last year. It was a m- remarkable how many times he put a ball. Uh, in a place which didn't even seem possible. I mean, he looked great last year, and there were times he was throwing balls as better than the the best ever in in the position. This year, there were multiple. There still are multiple plays where I see him just outright overthrowing a receiver, and I don't know if it's the is the receiver in the wrong position or it's Kirk. But I'm going to presume it's kind of Kirk because you know there's only so much. I mean, Jefferson seems to know exactly where he's supposed to be at all times, so he does seem to have a little bit off here that from last year. And I don't know if it's Thielen not being lined up there, or what the case may, or 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 the the the, the running back situation. But he definitely does seem to be something else is going on up there a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, I mean, yes. Also, what's coming in with Cousins is some of just the overall ball play. Um, the ball play. I mean, he has the ball on every. He has his hands on the ball every time you know the Vikings are at offense. But Cousins has uh, had some fumbles and some odd turnovers this season, and. I do think it's a combination of, you know, it's a combination of a little bit of, you know, the wide receivers and where he's throwing downfield. But I think a lot of the mistakes, not to pile too much on Kirk Cousins' shoulders, but a lot of the mistakes right now that we're experiencing do seem to fall on his shoulders a bit. I don't want to be unfair, particularly Mm -hmm. when I haven't worn an NFL uniform. But I do think that if there's a player that has a lot of this responsibility on his shoulders right now, it's Cousins. And again, when the Viking, when Cousins does well, the Vikings do well. Yep. But there is really kind of as we enter Halloween season, not to lean too much hard into that. But there is a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde going on right now with with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, uh, two nice. Those those two touchdown throws were both nice. That was that was one good thing there. They were nice. Let's very nice. Let's look on the real positive thing. That defense, especially once again, you know, Carolina's going to score. They're at, I think on the, what, the twelve to thirteen yard line. And they just manhandled the the Carolina, you know, offensive line. It was it was great to see sack after sack. I thought they they, they did a really good job. I mean, really. I mean, as a matter of fact, considering the the one touchdown Carolina had was a was a you know interception return, they basically really kind of pushed the Carolina Panthers around the entire game. Yes, the, the, there was there was a real kind of they stepped into their own this game. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to be positive about that. I understand that this was a contest between two 0-3 teams, but there was a lot of a lot that Vikings fans can be positive about coming out of this game. And there's some momentum that they have coming into the Chiefs game. Um, there's a lot of things to be positive about. And the play of the defense is one of them that could be positive about. The other thing, Matt, I would say to a point that you made very early in the season, we're now in game four. And as we talked about some of the preseason games being less significant in the NFL this year, it, it shouldn't – and I agreed with your analysis on that. The fact that we're coming into game four, game four and the Vikings are, are kind of starting to click for the first time, albeit there are still some mistakes, it is a bit consistent with what you said about the lack of emphasis put on the preseason games and the lack of fine-tuning that happens, and that's spilling over into the – into the regular season games. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly, and I and I, I it was nice to see they they got consistent pressure. I mean, it was they have a bad habit. This team has a really bad habit of allowing a quarterback who's either a rookie or a washed up guy look like a you know a Super Bowl hero 
in games like that. That was my concern. They never let that happen. They got consistent pressure, and they did did well. Uh, Thielen was all upset at the end of the game because on the final play, the, the, the Vikings had a play to run off all the time on the clock. It was a fourth down play. They decided just to well, hike it, and Cousins rolled out to the right, and he threw the ball out of bounds. Thielen was throwing a fit. He thought he was still in the pocket when he did. None of the referees threw a flag. I went back and looked at the play myself. He does take about five steps off to the right. He wasn't in the pocket. I mean, I, I didn't have any problem. Did you? And obviously, we're two Vikings fans. That was the game. I mean, because if it would have been intentional grounding, it would have given Carolina one play on about the 12-yard line to throw into the end zone to possibly tie the game. So, But I went back and looked at it. I did not see anything that close to intentional grounding there. It did look like Cousins was well enough out of the pocket. Yeah, correct. I thought the same, too. I will just say that as Vikings fans and to your Vikings listeners out there, we should file that play away for when we're complaining it will likely happen at a later point down the road about the referees, that we, we might not have fully snuck one past the goalie, but there may have been an opportunity for a, for a flag to be called. But just remember that you know we, if we want to be consistent. One last thing I want to say about defense, Harrison Smith. Yes. I mean, Harrison Smith just continues to just be – just fantastic. You know, he had, he had three sacks, two, two tackles for a loss and a forced fumble. I mean, he can just continues to dominate uh, in that position and uh, seems to be just an absolutely defensive spotlight and highlight for the Vikings. Are you going to, are you going to go to just to see if Taylor Swift is at the next game? <laughs> I'm not going. My You're sister not? is going, oh. but, but my, my sister, my sister is going. Uh, I'm not going, but I, I hope that she comes. Can I also just say, and I just and this is falls to more people on the the center conservative center right people. Yeah, a lot of conservative center right dudes got angry about this Barbie movie. I did not, and these center right guys after are now picking fights with Twifties, and these just got to stop. Stop picking these fights that you're doing on social media. Uh, it's fantastic for the NFL that 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 she's attending these games and she's a part of the process. Uh, the NFL. I don't know if you saw this on social media. The NFL, speaking of Taylor Swift, updated their background page yes. on Twitter yes. to be Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's just fantastic. It's fantastic marketing. It's great work on their part. Oh, well, and, to and, my center right friends, not to say that I have any influence with my center right friends, but to my center right friends out there, please stop picking fights. These stupid fights. Stop picking fights about Barbie. And stop picking fights about Taylor Swift. You're never going to win. Travis Kelsey's jersey is now the best-selling one in the league, by the way. Yeah. And and, yes. and so and you're but you're right. Don't. This is an unforced fumble to use. You know, liter, you know what we're doing here. Yes. Uh, but it's unforced fumble. Yes. You do not attack a button. The, the the Taylor Swift fans are the most loyal fans you'll ever see, and yes. they're all coming to voting age. Do not do this if you, if you want a success. Um, I do think it is a little contrived. I think it is, but it's you're right. It's brilliant marketing by the NFL, definitely bringing in a different uh, demographic into the games. Uh, so Taylor, if we, we we host the Kansas City Chiefs this upcoming weekend. Uh, you were then at the Bears, you host the 49ers, and then you're at the yeah. Packers. All right. I think that if the Vikings do want to have a chance at being in a playoff condition contention at the end of the season, in these next four games, they have to go three and one. Is that a fair assessment? It is a fair assessment. And also to the point that you said earlier in this season, to piggyback on your analysis once again, the Vikings have to make up a game that they were not planning on. I mean, they now have to pick up a game for losing to Tampa Bay like they did. Um, they now have to pick up a game. Mm -hmm. And so now they have to win a game. They're in a position now where you don't want to be in the NFL where 
it's difficult for teams that are 0-3 to make the playoffs statistically. I understand it can happen. But now the Vikings are in a situation where they really have lost all of their margin for error for losing any games. They don't. And so in order to be in the driver's seat, they have to win. They have to be winning every game. Now, it's not realistic for the Vikings to have a run of, you know, the following, you know, 13-some games that they're going to win them all. But the truth of the matter is they have to win more than they lose. Mm Mm-hmm. And they need to go through this. And this is a, there's not an easy part of their schedule. They still have to play Detroit twice. Um, I'm not as worried about Green Bay, but they have to play Detroit twice. And so they have a rough schedule ahead. And so I think it's going to be tough if we're being fair about the, the schedule, Matt. I think it's tough for them to not expect them to have to win. They have to continue to win because they're really running out of wiggle room. When you start to be at this late in the se- early in the season, you know, four losses on your record, it's really tough just mentally to slog through the league mm-hmm. and come out ahead. But we'll see. Well, but it- they have to be. They have to win. If they go three and one in those games, they'll be four and four. And then there is one little stretch here, which they it, it does uh, shine a little on them. They they're at the Falcons after that Packers game, host the Saints yep. at the Broncos, host the Bears. Those are not exactly you know the the toughest teams you're ever going to play. And so there there was a legitimate chance they could end up having seven or eight wins by the end of that. And that that actually does put them much more into playoff contention and makes those Detroit games uh you know much more interesting as we get towards the end of the season. You're spot on, but the only thing that I will push back on is yes. we lost to Tampa Bay, and we were yes. not expecting to lose to Tampa Bay. <laughs> yes. So in your scenario, all those games that you're laying out there that, that the Vikings should win, the only problem with that scenario is that they should win, and we'll <laughs> see if they actually do. <laughs> I'm just I'm just enamored with Taylor Swift at this point. That's that's I'll I'll, I'll play so my and, and, <laughs> and if, yes, and I in retrospect I wish I'd had the Chiefs game because uh, it been great because I think it Brad. It brings energy and enthusiasm to the game, um, but we'll see. But I think it's great for the NFL, and anyone who's complaining about it should go complain about something else. Not the Barbie movie, no, but something no, else. Uh, indeed. One last thing here. Let's shift away from uh, – I've got you here. You're a great political expert. So, Dean Phillips, what do you think is going on there in regards to he's, – he's resigned his leadership position with the Democratic Party – you know, he's kind of doing this tap dance. On one side, he could be just getting his name out there so that in 2028 he's ready to go. But on the other side of it, there does feel like there's, there is something more there than just trying to get name recognition for a future election after 2024. What's your thoughts? I can't imagine that anyone would prescribe to Congressman Phillips any sense of that he's he is absolutely taking the road less traveled. And it's very difficult to assign or prescribe any benefit to him for doing this politically or in the short term or long for long term for doing this. He is doing what he is speaking his mind. I have a whole bunch. I wish there were more people like him in politics who were, who were willing to do what's right and speak out. Um, I'm proud of him for doing it. I think there should be more people like him in politics doing it. But there is no political advantage to him to doing this because everywhere he goes, he is making some some enemies for doing this. And that's the, the truth of the matter. When you kind of buck the party process, when you buck the party system and you kind of step out of line, it's the same on the Republican side as it is in the Democratic side. I sincerely believe that he thinks that this is the right thing to do. And it's unfortunate, and I'm not trying to be critical of the Democrats because – 
The same has been said about on the Republican side, too. You are never rewarded in the party for being a prophet. You are never rewarded for speaking and sometimes out of school as he is. And he should be, he should get a pat on the back for speaking up and saying what polls show that a lot of Americans think is that there should be two candidates running other than Donald Trump and Joe Biden. But I think to prescribe any type of benefit in his heart, I think he believes that this is the right thing to do. It's good for the country, good for the party. And he's willing to speak up about it. And I think we need more people willing to do that in both sides of the aisle. And that's my honest take on it. But I just, yeah. I don't think there's any political calculation that you could run that what Dean Phillips has done would benefit him in the short term or in the long run. Because even if he's right and there, and a problem develops and we don't, none of us want that to happen, but even if he's right, Who's going to go back and say, boy, Dean Phillips, Congressman Phillips was right. Um, this is there's really no reward for him for speaking out like this mm -hmm. other what? than he's doing what's right for the party, what's right for country and what's right for democracy. Well, and he and, and yeah, and from from his point of view and the in the same sense of the Republican Party nomination, you need all the, the MAGAs to be on board with you if you're going to have a chance at winning there. On the left, you have to have the unions. And that's the question I ask is. Does Dean Phillips really think that the unions are going to go for him over Joe Biden, who just walked a picket line with the UAW? I mean, it's it, that's it's it, you know, it's it, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to get the unions on your side if you're going to have a chance at winning the Democratic nod. So it makes me do, do kind of wonder is if he's got a third party thought process going on. I don't think that he's got a third party process going on. I just I sincerely believe having observed and listened to what he said. I just believe that he thinks that this is the right thing to do. And you have to applaud that. Yeah. Well, you have to applaud. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's fair to say that there should be more of this in politics and more people should be willing to do that. Sure, it's going to upset party bosses. And there's party bosses on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats. At one point, I was a party boss. And, I'm, and I would have been screaming bloody murder if this was going on. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is, is that I think it's good that this type of discussion is happening. But I honestly, it's very difficult for me to assign any type of political benefit that Congressman Phillips gets in the short term or long term for doing this. I just, uh, I, I'm at a loss to figure out what that is. Next week, it's going to be the Taylor update. Taylor Swift, hopefully in Minneapolis to catch the Kansas City Chiefs. We don't, she, she's not on a tour anymore, so there's a good chance of that. We'll get your update on that game. Hopefully another win for us next week. Michael Broadcorp, the Breakdown with Broadcorp and Becky podcast episodes available wherever you get your podcast and you should listen. It's good stuff. Michael Broadcorp, as always, thank you very much. Uh, I always appreciate the time. Thank you. I didn't mean to come in too hot, but I just wanted to be excited. I you appreciate are, you. You are, you are perfect. You're perfect. And like I said, I'm going to get in touch with you. I got to get a t-shirt size for you because I'm getting you this t-shirt. I'm getting you this. Right. But my cousin is hot t-shirt with, with Kirk Cousins right. on it. Okay. Thank you, sir. You got it. Michael, be, well. be well. Michael Broadcorp joining us, our Viking expert. Uh, who And of course, you know, good political talk as well. We'll take a break, wrap up the show for a Monday when we do return. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.